The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. A man named John was sent from God. He came down for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, who are you? He admitted and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, who are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, who are you so that we can give an answer to those who sent us? What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you who you do not recognize the one who is coming after me, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Do I have a microphone on? There we go. Okay. Good morning. This, uh, this past week, um, I was in the ministry building and uh, third floor over there coming up and I was just going around and seeing the different members on staff and I popped into one of the staff members' office and I kind of peered out the window and it's the window that kind of looks out to the parking lot and it was about almost 12 o'clock and I saw just the parking lot full of cars. Now, if you've ever been here on our campus, right about the time the kids get let out of school, it looks like a NASCAR race, right? I mean, it's like, here they are, they're in queue, they're going, right, and it's exciting. So everybody's lined up, and I'm like, I looked at her and said, well, well, what's with the carpool? And she goes, Father, it's, it's Friday, it's their, it's their last day of school. And I said, already? Already? So the, the, the children were getting out of school, and our school's 650 plus, kindergarten through fifth grade, so they're getting out of school, and you know, you can almost sense it in the air, the excitement. So I was able to get a little break and I went down and I was walking over towards the chapel and all the cars are flying by and it's always so beautiful. The little ones, independent of their age, kindergarten, fifth grade, doesn't matter. The, the window comes down and it's like, hey, Father Richard, right? And you can just see in their, in their faces and their expression that they're like, yeah, we're rejoicing. It's Christmas break. So I know one of the, one of the kids that kind of hollowed out and I says, does that mean an extra bowl of cereal and you get to sleep in? And he goes, yeah. And then actually the dad who was driving rolled down the window and says, yeah, for me that means an extra bowl of cereal and I get to sleep in, no carpool, right? So it's beautiful what we can learn from the little ones in different times, how to, how to rejoice, right? How to rejoice in some of the, beautiful experiences that we can have in this life. To rejoice 
That's the one word I want to, all of us, with the help of God's grace, to kind of carry in our heart away this morning, right? Not just preaching to our Sunday, but to our Monday, to our Wednesday. Something we can carry with us into our week. Give me something for my week, Father. Give me something that I can turn back to, to draw strength from. Well, it's the living word of God that we can carry. And so to hang on that one word, rejoice. Now we have a theme, and those of you that are visiting, welcome to all the visitors. I know a young couple that's preparing for marriage. The young man came up, my mom and dad are here. They're here. We want to introduce them to you, introduce them to you after mass. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I look forward to see, meeting them, right? It's exciting. A lot of visitors come. So if you're a visitor, you came up, maybe saw the banner, and the banner says, make room for Jesus. So our theme this Advent season is make room. Very simple, make room. A couple people have actually taken little three-by-five cards, folded them up, and just put the letters MR right by their nativity scene as like a daily reminder as they walk out of their house or go sit at their table to think, i got to keep working on making room for Jesus. Right? That's what this season of anticipation, this season of Advent, which means adveniat, the coming of our Lord, that's what it's all about. And so the first week in Advent, we talked about watching, waiting, being excited, having this anticipation of someone great who's coming, our Savior. And yes, we know the end of the story. He came in Bethlehem. But also St. Paul encouraging those first Christians, he was saying, we know the end of the story too. He already came, the Messiah. He was born and he died and he rose from dead. But we need to be excited about his second coming. He's coming. And he was pointing them to that. So the first week was about this waiting, this excitement, this anticipation of our Savior, our King who is coming. The second week we analyzed a virtue and we talked a little about, you can go back over the, you can see on the website, the diagram. Many of you took the diagram when you left. The inner circle, what is in my control. The outer circle, what is out of my control. And we thought about together, how might I make room by living the virtue of patience. Patience. This week, as we get in the final stretch, going to, 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 to the birth of our Lord, to focus on the one word, rejoice. St. Paul, in his reading, writing the living word of God to the Thessalonians in Thessalonica, they were going through tough times. It wasn't easy for those first Christians. And he was trying to point their eyes of their heart, their mind, everything to motivate them to live for the love of the Lord. And he says in that beginning of that writing, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Sounds good, Father. But how do you do that? How do you, rejoice, how do you rejoice always when you have a family member that may be in the hospital right now or someone in your family that's suffering or you're personally going through a storm right now, a difficulty? Maybe it's your family life. Things have shifted. People have moved. Things have changed for you. You've had a loved one that you spent 
the vast majority of your life with. They've gone on to meet the Lord. There's a lot of things that tug on our hearts in this season of anticipation, in this season where a lot of people are rejoicing, but maybe deep down in, inside, there's a little bit of a storm going on. There's a little bit of difficulty. So you're talking about rejoice always. I don't feel like rejoicing, Father. How do I rejoice when I feel this way? Or maybe for you, you're on, you're just loving it, like that little one over there with a the pacifier saying, here I am, right? I love it. The baby's over there going, yeah, on mom's lap, right? Saying, here I am. Maybe life is so good for you. So you're like, you want to raise your hands. You want to rejoice. You want to share it. That's good. Do it. Bring it. But how do we rejoice always and pray without ceasing? I believe, and I could be wrong, I believe it's this. It's the first step in prayer. It's the first step in prayer before even doing the sign of the cross. It is to recall the presence of God. How do you rejoice always? We rejoice always to recall Emmanuel. God is with us. St. Paul was encouraging them, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't forget the Holy Spirit's with you. Jesus went and didn't leave us orphans. He sent the fire of his love between the Father that comes to our heart and we become temples of the Holy Spirit and God is closer to us than the air that we breathe. So how do we rejoice always in good times and bad, in season or out of season? How do we pray always? It's that simple recollection of Emmanuel. God is with me. Recall the presence of God. It always moves my heart. I was getting ready in the back of the mass and, and I saw all the little ones just clustering over here, right? So you got our camel, see our camel? We got our camel, we got the kings. They're journeying. These are all visible signs for us in church. Artwork, artwork statues, to point to something, to point to a mystery. They're journeying as we're journeying. And guess what? Mary and Joseph are over there. They're there, but baby Jesus isn't there yet. So, so the anticipation, we're ready. Look at that. So we got it all over there where the scene is set. But was it always that easy? Hey, Mary. Yes, Joseph. I gotta go to Bethlehem. There's a census, they called a census, so I gotta go, it's gonna be a three-day journey. I know you're with child, Mary, I'm gonna go. Um, I'll be back, don't worry. No, Joseph, I'm going with you. Mary, you're with child. I only have a donkey here, it's gonna be a rough ride. Joseph, God is with us. I'm going with you. Hey, Mary, I'm sorry, we're, we're halfway through this journey and I didn't bring enough food, so the last day of this journey, it's a three-day journey to Bethlehem, the last day, Mary, we're not gonna have any food. Joseph, it's okay. God is with us. Mary, I'm so sorry, I've gone around, I've knocked on a bunch of doors, here I am right now. Uh, you know, I know I keep coming back to you, but everybody just keeps turning us away, Mary. Joseph. It's okay. God is with us. Hey Mary, guess what? It's true, God is with us. 
Somebody came up to me and they've got a stable. They got a place. It's, it's not the best, Mary. I'm sorry. It's kind of out in the field, but there's a little cave and we can go there and there's, there's, I'll be able to make you a fire and I'll be able to clean it up, Mary. And say, Mary, God is with us. And she goes, yes, Joseph. God is with us. Let's rejoice in that. My brothers and sisters of Christ, Mary and Joseph, it wasn't easy for them. But they had a 50-yard line front row seat for those angels in that shepherd's field crying out glory to God in the highest. And what looked like a moment not to rejoice became a moment to glorify the Lord in their poverty, in their, in their, in their need. Because they lived with the help of God's grace in the presence of God. Even when there was no room in the end. Even when there was no room in the end, they knew God was with them. I'm gonna close with this. I'm bringing it in. We're landing here. I've got another handout for y'all. Okay? I got some staff member to help me with it. We cut them in two. I did it. But visuals are helpful. One person came up to me and said, Father, I laminated it and put it in a prominent place in my house the one last week. What's out of my control, what's in my control. That's how Mary was able to really handle it. She was immaculately conceived, yes. She was without sin, yes. But don't think thoughts didn't come to her head to try to turn her off course. You remember Jesus, Peter? Peter coming to Jesus said, there's no way, Lord, you're not going to that cross. What did Jesus do? He cut it off at thought and he said, get behind me, Satan. Thoughts must have come to Mary. But Mary knew how to cut them off at thought. She knew how to cut them off at thought. She knew what was out of her control, one of them being God's timing, but she also knew what was within her control. The word of God, the presence of God, walking by faith. That's how Mary lived the patience. That's how Mary rejoiced always. That's how Joseph and Mary, because Joseph was a righteous man. He was not immaculately conceived. But it said he was a righteous man, so he listened to his bride. They encouraged each other, and they walked with the Lord. So I hope this visual helps you. It's super simple. It literally just says, make room for Jesus. And then it says, rejoice in the Lord always. In pink or rose, whatever you want to call it, it says, rejoice always. And then at the bottom it says, recall the presence of God. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16. Let's do our best this week with the help of God's grace to rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Amen.